This is Sports Jam. I'm Doug Doyle. My guest today is the CEO of U.S. Rowing, Amanda Krause. Her team has been working with MGM while the upcoming George Clooney-directed film Boys in the Boat. Boys in the Boat, it is an amazing film. And Amanda's team has been working with the crew, and she has many ideas about U.S. rowing as she has had a historic career in the sport of rowing. Amanda, great to have you on the show. Hi. um, Thank you, Doug. It's so nice to be here. Well, first of all, there are a number of things I want to talk to you about, but you were actually a national championship rower yourself in in Division II, and I know you've seen the film The Boys in the Boat. What were your impressions? Yeah, um, I was just a collegiate rower, though, um, not to be confused with national team rowers. Um, I ended my rowing career uh, when I finished college, uh, but had a, had a really wonderful, lucky college career in my mind, rowing, and loved seeing the movie. I've seen it twice now, um, last week and then last night again, both times in New York City, and was just thrilled to see rowing on the big screen. Eight-man crew is the most difficult team sport in the world. The average human body is just not meant for such things. Most of you will not be chosen. Beautiful speech, coach. They're announcing the team today. Are you going to make it? We rode out of need. Come on, boys. The need to stay in school. The need to eat. We gotta keep these right as long as we stay on the team. Washington Huskies coach is bringing an inexperienced vote to the competition. They said we couldn't compete with the richest schools in the nation. The Washington boat has taken the lead. Washington has done it. I got nine seconds under the course record. Olympic year this year. Olympic year? I didn't realize. That bunch of kids load like no one else that's ever come through here. Everybody else tires and just gets stronger. We have a boat that I believe could qualify for an Olympic spot. Hope you know what you're doing. They said we couldn't beat the Germans. We gotta beat those other schools first, but coach says we have a shot. Maybe we can row as a team. If you guys don't get yourselves figured out, you're not racing at all. The boys, that boat, Saiga. But they didn't understand who we were. The show was in this book. On Christmas Day, everyone else will get a chance to see this story, The Boys in the Boat, the story of the 1936 University of Washington rowing team, and its Cinderella-like rise to glory in the Berlin Olympics. And that was certainly as Adolf Hitler was watching that race that this all took place. It certainly was a historic time. But unlike many other stories like Jesse Owens, we really haven't heard too much about this story, and probably because of the sport itself, right? Amanda Rowing, it doesn't get the recognition that it should. Yeah, I think that's absolutely right. Um, you know, we're we're not an enormous sport. We hope that that will change um, with this movie coming out. We hope that more people will become familiar with rowing, will get excited about trying the sport. And um, yeah, it's just, it's an incredible story. And, you know, the book itself came out over 10 years ago now, Daniel James Brown's book of the same name, Boys in the Boat. And I just think it's incredible what he was able to capture and then George Clooney with this movie about this sport, which is really, you know, it's called the ultimate team sport for a reason. Um, It's, you know, a sport that asks everyone who's a part of it to not only work incredibly hard, people know rowers are very fit and they're very strong, but to really move as one, um, you know, that's a big part of the movie. 
and the story and to really commit to um, being a unit, right? And succeeding as a unit and sort of leaving your own your own ego and your own story at the dock. Watching this movie, did it take you back to your days rowing uh, in college? Um, it did. I think specifically, um, just at a couple specific moments. I mean, one might seem a little odd, but when they when they showed sort of the close ups of the hands, you know, with the blisters, and um, and then again, they really captured that feeling when the right when you cross the finish line and you can kind of collapse in your seat in the boat um, and, and sort of sit back and, and you're just, you're so exhausted, but you're so elated and you're, you're still moving. The boat is still physically gliding across the water just because it has momentum, but you've stopped rowing you and everyone else in the boat. And you're just, there's no feeling like that. And I think that George Clooney and those actors really captured that the looks on their faces of pure exhaustion, but just such pure pure joy too to have accomplished something so hard with a group of people who you know you you end up caring deeply about as your teammates it was important for us to make sure that we served the story that the book told us you didn't have to change the truth you just had to pick what parts of the story you were going to tell it was very obvious that george he really got the spirit of the book the boys that boat Sorry, God. Joe Rance, he wanted to meet me. he talked about how he had joined the crew at the University of Washington. I said, Joe, can I write a book about your life? And he said, no. But you could write a book about the boys who had rowed with him. You're all here because we're looking for the eight most qualified young men to fill out JV boat. Row! We worked with Mark Smith, and he wrote a terrific screenplay. If it had been fiction, I probably would have pulled back because no one's going to buy that this could have happened. I got nine seconds under the course record. But it is true. You don't root for the guy who has everything. You root for the guy that was cleaning the dugout. You already touched upon it. It is the ultimate team sport. If one person is not in sync, it could be disaster for the boat. And the boys in the boat, not only in this movie, but all from the University of Washington. When we think about Olympic teams like basketball teams, they're players from all different schools or, or pros from all different teams. This was one specific University of Washington squad that competed against the world. Yeah, they did. And first, I mean, not to give too much away for anyone who hasn't seen the movie, but first they had to compete against um, other crews, collegiate crews around the country. And it's, it's different now. We don't select... Um, we don't select the, the men's eight, for example, is not chosen that way now. It's not just the top men's collegiate eight ends up going to represent us in the Olympics. The men compete as individuals to be placed in the eight as a team or from a from a group selection. But yeah, I mean, what they accomplished was was just remarkable. Um, and they had every every reason to feel so proud of themselves with so little, right? Um, you know, the depiction of the poverty they were living in, um, not having enough food to eat. thought the cigarette smoking was hysterical. Uh, <laughs> that doesn't happen anymore. But, you know, what they overcame to not just win, not just become the best crew in the nation, but then to go and win in, in you know, in the Olympics was just, it was just amazing. And they they overcame a lot. The actor Callum Turner plays the, the lead role in this. And he talked about, uh, you know, the intense training that they had to do to get to that 46 strokes, uh, you know, in, in rowing. But you think about the training 
how different it is today. You know, you're the CEO of U.S. Rowing. You know all about the training that goes into these teams. Dramatically different than what they had to go through in 1936. Yeah, it's very different. Um, I, 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 for sure, you know, there have been a lot of advancements in terms of equipment and technology and sports science and sports medicine. Again, no smoking um, in between practices. But, you know, at the end of the day, it's even with all these advances, it's still rowing is rowing and it's still incredibly, incredibly challenging. And um, I think what what sets it apart from um, other endurance sports is, you know, you're actually versus like, oh, I can't sw speak to swimming, but, you know, as a, having been a runner, there's, you're not carrying any weight. You're not pulling on anything. You know, it's, of course it's challenging. Um, but when you're in a boat, there's this extra, um, you know, you're actually, you're, you're lifting, you're getting the, the blade into the water, you're, you're pulling you there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of intensity to it that is unique. Um, and then add to that when you're in a team boat, you really are, you are locked in with the, those people. So, you know, you, there's no, there's no backing off at any moment, um, which is what makes it wonderful and also uniquely challenging. And as we uh, know, in the 1936 Olympic games, uh, weather was also a factor, especially early on in the race that, uh, uh, the U.S. boat had to deal with choppy waters and, and a poor lane placement. But Amanda Krause's story is just as important because she has moved this sport leaps and bounds in the water. Usually you have somebody, if they're a great fundraiser, they probably haven't had the athletic side or vice versa. You do both. You're a tremendous fundraiser. And now as head of U.S. Rowing as the CEO, You've been focusing on some crucial areas, growing the sport and raising funding for the athletes for Paris. But this is something you've been doing for many years. Row New York. It started with $5 in a bank account. Tell us about how you created Row New York into a wonderful organization. Yeah, I'm happy to do that. So a little bit of background. Um, when I was in graduate school, I started working at community rowing up in Boston and just coached basically every program they had up there. And just, I loved it. Whether it was masters, you know, adults or learn to row or Perkins school for the blind, just, just really enjoyed every crew I had the opportunity to take out. And there was a new program up there at the time called Girls Row Boston, which was bringing rowing to girls from under resourced areas in Boston. And that was a life changing experience for me to see what this sport of rowing, um, rowing wasn't new to me. Uh, coaching was fairly new and youth development was fairly new, but the marriage of rowing and girls from under-resourced communities, teenagers was very new. And I thought amazing. I mean, rowing really can solve for so many things um, in terms of building self-confidence and building the sense of teamwork and the feeling of being relevant um, for young people. And I thought this is sort of magical what I saw happening. And I was just a coach hired for a year in grad school, fast forward, finished school. I'm originally from New York. So came back to New York city and thought, um, I would love to start the same thing here in New York, which was easier said than done because there was no infrastructure in New York City compared to a city like Boston or Philly that has, you know, Philly has this beautiful boathouse row. 
New York did not have that. Um, luckily, what New York does have are a lot of people with a lot of determination. And, um, you know, so I brought the idea to some individuals who had been rowers who were working in finance or law. So they had, quote unquote, real jobs. And here I was saying, I have this idea. Um, I want to get teenage girls on the water. I want to use rowing as a tool to build confidence and fitness and help these girls just see how incredible they are and also do college prep and, you know, have this launch them into all these amazing things that they, that they deserve. And luckily some key people came forward and said, you know, you do that. We'll help you with, with some funding. So that was another great, you know, partnership. And that was the beginning. And it was, as you said, it was $5 in a Chase checking account. Um, I called my collegiate coach and asked him to drive a couple of boats to New York City. There's a little bit of insanity there. You know, I think you have to be like a little bit crazy to think you can do something like that. I'm not sure I recommend the way I did it. Um, but, you know, I think it allowed us to take what I knew would work. Like I, I'd seen the program work. I had seen the program change lives. I'd seen what rowing can do for young people and just sort of put the blinders on and one foot in front of the other and start to build the program. And now, yeah, it's a, it's a big and wonderful youth serving nonprofit here in New York. And it all started with just a, an idea from Amanda Krauss. So take us back Somebody just heard that and said, you know, maybe I'd like to try rowing. Don't do it. <laughs> Don't do it at home. <laughs> do it. T take us back to the first time you were in a boat and, and started to row. What what When was that and what went through your mind? That is such a fun question because I have not thought about that in so long. The truth is, so in high school, you know, I was a tall, lanky runner. I'm 6'1". Um, I just had always been a distance runner and I got to college and I went to UMass Amherst and I was walking across the, you know, the campus center and they were recruiting every tall freshman walking by. And somebody said, you know, do you want to try rowing? And I said, I don't really even know what that is, but okay. And I went to the boathouse, the boathouse is in Northampton and got off the bus with the other freshmen. And, uh, you know, I, all that, this is a long time ago now, but I do remember, you know, being shown how to carry the boat and, I just remember thinking, this is the heaviest thing I've ever carried. There's got to be a better way to do this. Turns out there isn't. Um, you know, you've got eight girls, you've got four on either side, and you're learning to carry it. It's digging into your shoulders. And I remember walking down to the Connecticut River, and there was this really steep ramp. So we suddenly had to put the boat over our heads. And I was really surprised that there was, you know, a tiny person yelling at us and telling us what to do. And I remember wondering how is, how did she end up in charge? You know, she was the coxswain. Um, so that made sense. And then getting in the boat, I, you know, what I, I just remember thinking this is the most unique experience I've ever had in my life that we shoved away from the dock and it's, it's so beautiful. And I don't think I'm alone in thinking it is every time you shove away from a dock, it's a little bit of a magical experience, even for a regular row, because you are quite literally pushing away everything else. This was pre-cell phones. I can't believe I'm definitely aging myself. But so there were no phones, there were no landlines, there was no homework or studying, there was no, it's all over there on the dock. And you're on the river and it's you and it's your eight teammates 
and you're just focused on rowing beautifully um, and rowing fast. First, you're just focusing on how do I get this boat to move? So going back to that very first experience, there was nothing beautiful about it. It was very much, um, you know, like, wait, how do we set this thing? Because what people might not realize in even watching this movie, these boats are not naturally set at all. They're very tippy. Um, they can move very, very fast, but it, it, it's not um, easy. You can't just get in and start rowing um, and figure it out. It's um, not intuitive for most people. Certainly it was not for me. And I remember thinking this is much harder than I thought it would be. This is really neat. And then I remember carrying the boat back up, putting it away, and we were getting back on the bus to go to campus. And I remember one of the varsity men walked over to me and I was very shy and thinking, I can't believe, you know, what's he going to say to me? And he said, oh, hey, freshman, how did your row go? I said, I think it went well. And he said, did you go fast? And I remember being a little bit shocked because I didn't even know that that was the point at the, you know, <laughs> after that one day, I thought fast, there was nothing, no. No, we did not go fast. Like we barely, you know, I don't know. We barely rode away from the dock, much less fast. So that was my first memory. Wow. With, with Amherst, you, you, you win a national division two national championship eventually. And now you're the CEO of us rowing. Diversity is a big thing when it comes to Amanda Krause and, and building this sport, not only with women, but of people with color. Tell us about your efforts. Yeah. So, you know, the idea behind Row New York was and still is to make rowing accessible to young people from all over New York City with, you know, all different backgrounds. So um, it's a truly diverse group of kids rowing together and competing together and um, learning together. And that was one of the most amazing things I've ever been a part of, because um, I think that's unique. That's a unique experience. We are so um, segregated in our lives in so many different ways, uh, even in a city that's diverse like New York. And so when I became CEO of U.S. Rowing three years ago now, there was a lot there was a lot to sort out. But what I knew for sure coming in was that I wanted to help make the sport of rowing more inclusive. I wanted to help make sure that regardless of your socioeconomic background, um, you, you know, or your life experience, you had a place in rowing. If, if that's something you wanted to do, like if you wanted to, wanted to be in a boat that you would be welcomed into the sport and supported in the sport. And that really starts with making sure that our member clubs, so we have 1400 member organizations feel empowered and enabled to help open up their boathouse doors. And so many of them, you know, credit to them, they're leading the way on that front and making sure that their boathouse doors are open and that they're diversifying their coaching. And they have women who are coaches and people of color who are coaches and that they have, um, you know, scholarships and, uh, learning opportunities. And that's something we're doing too. At US Rowing, we have a United We Row initiative and a, and a staff here working on that, which provides grants and scholarships to individual rowers and to organizations, US Rowing organizations, to make sure that they're supported in that endeavor. Because we don't want rowing to just be a sport for those who can, and who can afford access to it, right? We want to make sure also that we're finding talent everywhere. 
you know, if we want to be the best in the world and we want our athletes to win medals in Paris and LA in 2028 and beyond, we have to make sure that we're finding talent everywhere um, and not just the talent that can afford to find rowing. So the Path to Paris and United We Row campaigns are, you know, are, are meshed together. How seriously do you take the fact that we're finding more and more women in executive roles in sports? I mean, I'm biased, but I think it's great to have women in leadership roles. Um, you know, I think it's it's really important. Um, and I think we're, we're seeing that on a number of, front, of fronts um, in competitive sports, whether it's collegiate or it's professional. We've seen that a lot in women's soccer. Um, I love, I'm forgetting her name, but the w- woman who just became the head coach at UNC for field hockey. Have you read about her? She's the... I think she's 22 and they just won an, um, a collegiate championship. Stories like that are pretty amazing to me. And, you know, there's still a lot of work to do, though. Like, I look around the Olympic movement. I'm probably going to get this number wrong, but I think there are about 50 sports in the movement. And I and I believe there are five or six of us who are women CEOs. And don't quote me. I mean, I am being quoted by being interviewed, but... I'd have to look that up, but it's really only a handful of women. And so we're making, we're making progress, but I, I would like us to, to make more. What's been the best comment you've received so far while in this role of CEO of U.S. Rowing that said, yeah, I made the right decision to take on this role and, and it's working. Well, right decision and working might be two different questions. Um, I think That's a fun question. I think I have a few favorite comments and, you know, one of my favorite comments that I hear every, you know, maybe a few times a year would be when I'm at an event, like our, you know, youth national championships. And we had 4,000 teenagers there. And last year I, I was talking to a dad. It's my, it's, it's my favorite event. Maybe I shouldn't have a favorite U S rowing event, but it is, um, And it's just these kids from all over the country and they're so happy to be there and they're racing their hearts out and their parents are so proud of them. And we do a college graduate or high school graduation celebration. And anyway, there was a dad who introduced me to his daughter. You know, he went and got her and she's, you know, pouring with sweat. Sweetie, you have to you have to meet Amanda. And um, it was so meaningful to me that he was excited to introduce her to me. Like you could sort of see it in his eyes that he was so proud of her and he wanted her to see that there was a woman leading the sport. And, you know, she here she is a teenager and her dad is saying like, meet Amanda. And um, she came over to me later in the day and said, I just, I want to say it's really, it's really great to see that there's a woman leading the sport. And I, you know, it's cheesy, but the whole idea, like you, you can't be what you can't see. So I think it's when, young women um, either say it or I, or I sense it, that, that they're happy, you know, um, to see female leadership. I think that that's meaningful. Other things that are, are meaningful to hear is when, you know, we have this great team internally here at U.S. Rowing that's working to affect change on so many fronts. And so when we'll have a member even just say, like, I see it, I see the change or I feel the change, 
that's meaningful. It might seem small, but like that's what you're doing all the work for, right? Is for the people on the ground in the sport, whether they're national team athletes or they're, you know, eighth graders or their parents of rowers for them to say, oh, I see what you're doing and it's good. That's, that's like a gift, you know, it's amazing. You mentioned the word seeing when young gals and young boys alike, when they see the U.S. women's soccer team have all the success through the years, that prompted more and more young gals to want to be soccer players. So yeah. with this movie, obviously, I think you're hoping the boys in the boat will have the same kind of impact that young boys and young girls will say, I want to get out there and go around with the boat a little bit and see how this is. And because it's such an inspirational story and that these were all kids who were not privileged kids, they were going to college, but they, at that time, it was the depression. So no one had any kind of money and they were able to pull themselves together with a, with a great coach that this could possibly be their future. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah. I mean, we hope that that comes out of this movie is that people of all ages. So whether they're middle schoolers or high schoolers or college students or 60 year olds or 70 year olds see it and think, oh, those boys in that boat had never been in a boat before. Um, and that's one of the things that's so incredible about rowing is, you know, it's not something you have to have done since you were six years old or even 16 or 26. You know, you can pick up an oar at any time in your life. And we hope that people seeing this film will will think, oh, a, this looks amazing. I mean, I, I do think they're going to think, wow, this looks really hard, <laughs> um, maybe painful, but <laughs> it looks amazing. And what a team experience. And yeah, you, you can, you can learn to row, you know, it's, it's, you don't need to, you don't need to be at Harvard to, you know, and be six, three to have this experience of this sport. It's really, it's much more accessible than that. And um, so that's, I think what we're looking forward to most. And I, I mentioned to you before we started the show, I actually know someone who rode in the Olympics for the U S it's Alex Miklasevich, who was uh, the son of Matt Miklasevich and, uh, and Matt and I, and his, um, and his brother, Dave, we were all on the same basketball team at Franklin regional in Western Pennsylvania. And the, Aunt of Alex, you have Pam McLasevich. She was a, a tremendous basketball player at Pitt as well, and that's where Matt went to play basketball. They were a super basketball family. But yeah. Alex picked up rowing, and yeah. he was six foot eight. And obviously, there was at some point he didn't know how to row, but he he learned and became an o Olympic uh, rower. And they almost medaled in the in the most uh, recent Olympics. So it can happen, right? Yeah. And and I'm sure you're glad to know that we've had rowing before here on Sports Jam, to know that we've actually talked about the, the sport. This effort that you're putting forth now, this path to Paris, how difficult is it to not only raise money, but also get the teams together for the Olympics? It's all difficult. <laughs> but, you know, aren't most things worth doing difficult? It's challenging. It's exciting. It is a team effort, you know, at its best for sure, you know, and, and they're, they're different, right? Because there's the, there's the getting the team together and listen, that's the, all that work. That's the athletes. Like they're the ones pulling the meters, right? And they're just incredible humans. And it's also the coaches and the team that supports the team 
they're just, these people are working so incredibly hard and have so much humility. And it's our head of high performance, Josie Verdonscott, who has set a path um, to Paris and well beyond. Um, that's very systematic. It's very science-based. It's athlete-centered. And, you know, he's really changed the direction of this program for the United States and rowing um, in such a positive way. Um, and I think the athletes speak to that best. So there's that whole piece of the training and the logistics and the preparation and the retention of these athletes. And then the money side, of course, is critical, you know, just to give you some dollars, some sense of the dollars, we, the team to support the national team for a year is roughly $4 million in direct costs. And, you know, as soon as you start traveling with 50 or 60 people for a number of weeks to Europe and feeding them and flying them and bringing a staff to support them, those dollars add up quickly. And um, the funding we were support, we received from the USOPC, which we're so, we're so lucky to receive is 1.9 million. So that's a healthy gap that's left to be raised. And that's raised by fundraising from really generous individuals, um, and from corporations. So there's no government funding. So it's a big, it's a big raise, but it's, you know, it's a privilege to be able to work on that fundraising in my mind, because, you're just supporting these incredible efforts, these, these, these amazing athletes, right. Who become role models, frankly, for the younger people too, in our sport who look up to these men and women. So it's, it's, this, it's this wonderful community and rowers are, have been incredibly generous um, in supporting our team too. I'm curious at UMass at Amherst, the women that were in your boat, has anyone reached out when you became the CEO of U.S. Rowing, and said, Amanda, wow, this is amazing. Yeah, how'd that happen? Um, <laughs> <laughs> it, was that first, it was that first bus ride to uh, Northampton. Um, yeah, I actually met my husband through this sport, too. So, yeah, I have a, there's, you know, I owe a lot to rowing. And, yeah, I mean, they didn't, they didn't, I mean, I'm in contact with them daily. So, um, those are the kinds of bonds that you form when you row with people. Um, you didn't you know, meet I, on the water. You weren't in boats when you met, were you? No, I was actually on a dock. I was sitting on a dock and he came rowing up in his double. That's a story for another day. Um, okay. Yes, he was uh, He was a rower, or still is. His name is Michael Smith and he's 6'3"-ish, I think. And, um, yeah, so, you know, the, the community is small and yeah, they definitely, you know, my rowing friends have been incredibly supportive. They're just, they're amazing. And, you know, they, I remember my novice coach saying these look around at the women around you and these will become the women who are there with you, um, when you get married and they'll be with you, um, you know, when your kids are born and they'll be with you when things are not good in your lives. And, um, you know, I was 17. So I just sort of nodded along and thought, okay. Um, and she was absolutely right. These people become um, like family to you. And I, and I know I'm, my experience is not unique. You have a boat, but it's not really to, to see how fast it goes. It's just to have a, a wonderful boat ride. And you know that it's probably going to take maybe a year to complete. 
this boat ride. Who are the three other people in the boat with you? You can include family if you want, but if you want to include others, go right ahead. Well, uh, of course, I, you know, the rower in me has to ask, are, I'm assuming we're not looking for like speed. No. Because then I'd be right out of the boat. <laughs> no, speed is not a factor, but you are, oh. in, you are in the boat for the year. Oh, what a fun question. Oh, a year? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> well, I think I just went through this um, with COVID, right, with my family. So it's an easy one. Um, I have two kids and a husband. Um, and I will say, if you had to be locked at a home with three people, I would choose them again. So I would, um, and I will say that. And they were middle schoolers at the time. Uh, so I think that says a lot that I still would have would have chosen them. Um, the kids and do the they row? No, they do not row. They are six two and six five, um, son and daughter, and they play volleyball. Wow. Um, yeah, and they love it. So we've we've always felt strongly, you know, don't push them to row if they discover the sport, then that's amazing. But let them be their own people and and listen, I'm not complaining about being a volleyball parent because it's indoors. You're never cold. <laughs> um, so the kids, I'm the smallest one in the family now. I walk into the kitchen and I just kind of look look up at everybody. But yeah, I'd choose them again. They're pretty great. I would I would keep them. But it's you know, there there's a there's a JV list that's right behind them because I've I have some really incredible people in my life and I'm very, very lucky. So I could fill a few boats of people I'd be really happy to spend that year with. And one of your pets just joined you behind there. So yeah. obviously you gotta take take him <laughs> or her on the uh on the boat with you as well. <laughs> yeah, I'd have to ask if there was room for her. She actually loves being. Sorry, she's joining our our conversation here. She uh, loves going out in the coaching launch. So if we could sneak her in, I'd ask to, to add her. Absolutely. We would allow that, especially here on Sports Jam. Amanda Krause, continued success with U.S. rowing. And as this uh, film by George Clooney comes out, The Boys in the Boat, it comes out on Christmas Day, and it uh, does star Callum Turner. And Joel Edgerton plays the amazing coach, of that Olympic team. So you'll definitely want to check out that inspirational movie. I love sports movies, especially when they turn out like that. So uh, I look forward to uh, to see how it does uh, in theaters. Amanda Cross, once again, uh, we've enjoyed having you here on Sports Jam. And uh, the next time that uh, someone tries at the rowing machine and, you know, in the gym, they're probably going to be thinking about either your experience or the boys in the boat. Thanks for joining us on Sports Jam. Thanks for having me. I don't believe what I'm seeing. Best boats. They're connected. Sweat and pain. What is worth, I'm proud of you, boys. Inspiring. Uh, you missed the part where I told him not to tip over. And I won't. Roll for your country. Roll for each other. Sports Jam is a WBGO Studios production. You can hear all the past shows by going to WBGO.org slash Sports Jam or WBGO.org slash studios. 
You can also find Sports Jam with Doug Doyle on the NPR list of podcasts or wherever you hear podcasts. Special thanks going out this week to Joe Favorito for hooking us up with Amanda Krause. Until our next Sports Jam session, I'll see you at the game.